I'm Kyle Rice, awful test taker turned physical therapist and standardized test coach for over 5,000 physical therapists worldwide. It wasn't that long ago that I struggled with anxiety, lack of confidence, and the fear of failing the NPTE. Fast forward through the challenges, the 13 standardized test failures, and many lessons learned, and you'll see the life I have today, a life filled with love, financial freedom, and a dream job that allows me to change lives every single day. I created the NPTE Clinical Files podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies along with a step-by-step walkthrough of NPTE-based questions. All of this so that you can dominate your exam like I did and achieve your dream. So if you're a driven PT student who's looking to pass the NPTE and start creating a life you love, you're in the right place. Enjoy the show. For this week's clinical file, we are going to do a clinical scenario about a patient named Jessica. All right, before we jump into this one, first of all, I want to thank you all for supporting this podcast. Let me give you some statistics here. So I went into my Spotify account, you know, and this is where I put a lot of these episodes up and and a lot of you are listening on Spotify or iTunes, all these different areas, right? And so you know how Spotify gives you Spotify wrapped, like your entire year of, you know, what you've been listening to and all of that. Well, we have one for this podcast and the amazing thing is that we literally have over 10,000 people that listen to this podcast. We have close to 5 million downloads of this podcast right here. And I just want to let you all know how thankful I am to have the opportunity to change your life, to change how you look at questions, to change your confidence level in yourself and in your answering of these questions, but most of all, for you to walk into this MBTE and absolutely crush it. The fact that just this podcast has played a role in so many lives, including yours, is the biggest privilege that I can ever ask for. And so I want to say thank you for continuing to support this podcast. Thank you for sharing this with your classmates, with your close friends, and just letting them know about how this has impacted you. So thank you so, so, so much for an amazing 2023 and into 2024. I cannot wait to see all and hear all of the successes that you have. And so as we roll into today's episode, I decided that it's time for us to do one of the clinical scenarios that we do expect to be there on the 2024 exams. Now, some of you have gotten into our private Facebook group. If you haven't done that, please go to mptegroup.com. You can plug that into your phone right now, mptegroup.com. That's our private Facebook group. I'm in there training people every single week on how to dominate the NPTE, one of the things that we've started to add in there was clinical scenarios, all right? And so somebody had reached out and was like, hey, I saw this clinical scenario. Can you go through it? And so I was like, yeah, let's go ahead through one of these. That way you have, you know, just that confidence in how to go through it and then how to get down to the final answers with the questions that follow, okay? And so we're going to do a case today about Jessica. And Jessica is a female, 28 years of age, and she's coming into the sports clinic. So your clinical scenario will give you those demographics, right? So sports clinic, female, 28 years of age, okay? In the clinical scenario, it'll also tell you what the presenting problem or the current condition is. For Jessica, 
She has pain in her right elbow after increasing the frequency of her tennis games. All right. And so we have that. Got it. Now it says the medical history, no significant medical issues. All right. Another thing that is going to be on your clinical scenarios next year when you take it in 2024 is they're going to give you this area that's other information that may help you as a physical therapist with treating or evaluating, examining the patient. So it says other information. She's a recreational tennis player, recently started competing. Okay. So keeping that in mind. You may even start to be thinking certain things now that I've given you somewhat of a clinical picture here. This is the reason why I love clinical scenarios. They really help paint a picture. Now, as we go on, it does say physical therapy examination. So it's now going to give us what is found during the examination. It says tenderness over the lateral epicondyle and then pain with resisted wrist extension. All right. And then the last part of this, it says physical therapy plan of care. None. This is the first visit. Okay. So that is the full clinical scenario right there. We have, you know, again, Jessica, she's coming to the sports clinic. She's a female, 28 years of age. She has pain in the right elbow after increasing the frequency of her tennis games. She has no past medical history or significant medical history. She is a recreational tennis player that just started competing. We found that there is tenderness over the lateral epicondyle with the physical examination. There's pain on resisted wrist extension. That's one of the major things that kind of pulled out when we were assessing. And then this is really the first visit. So we really need to see, okay, what's going to be the next steps for her. All right. So that's the clinical scenario. I expect this to show up on the MPTE. Now, the way that I'm grading this, especially for my coaching students, the people that get into our programs, is we're starting to grade these questions on difficulty. Now, we're grading them in like three different levels, level one, level two, level three, and it's levels of difficulty, okay? Because I know that there's other companies or review companies out there that may say like, oh, this is a level one question or a level two. And they're really talking about like what the question's asking you for. But we're basing it off of like how difficult the question really is. Okay. And so for this type of scenario and the questions that follow, we kind of put this more into the level one, level two area. Okay. And so let's go through these answers. Let's go through these questions. I'm going to give you three of them in today's episode, and we're going to break them down and get to the final answer for every single one of them. Are you ready? All right, let's get to it. So question number one, it says, what is the most likely diagnosis for the patient's presentation? Go ahead and yell that answer out loud. If you're on the tennis court right now, if you are on the treadmill, if you are going to clinic, put that answer out there. What is it for you? What do you think is the most likely diagnosis of the patient's presentation, right? So let's go through the answer choices. It says, A, golfer's elbow. B, tennis elbow. C, olecranon bursitis. D, carpal tunnel syndrome. So let's break these down. What is that answer? So A, when I look at it, it says golfer's elbow. And although someone who has recently started competing in some type of athletic sport that requires a lot of upper extremity work, although they can get golfer's elbow, typically golfer's elbow would present with uh, discomfort 
tenderness on the medial epicondyle area, not the lateral epicondyle area. And so I would say A is out, all right? Because we're not looking at a medial epicondylitis or epicondylalgia. We're looking at a lateral epicondylalgia. And that's really what I am trying to get you to, to think about here is what is this patient's diagnosis? And you should be saying lateral epicondylitis or epicondylalgia, which is more like pain at the lateral epicondyle. That is what we're looking for. So A, golfer's elbow, no. Definitely put that down in your notes. Golfer's elbow is more of medial epicondylitis and will have pain on the medial side, okay? So we're putting that off. Okay, let's look at B, tennis elbow, all right? As I'm thinking about tennis elbow, where is that typically found? We know it's the elbow. We're talking about lateral side. That's exactly right. What is tennis elbow? Well, it is another name. I would say it's a, almost a layman's term for lateral epicondylitis. Is that consistent with what we're seeing in the question? I would say absolutely. This person is a recreational tennis player who recently started competing. So it seems like this is more of a overuse, say that out loud, overuse condition here. And so it makes a lot of sense that this would be something like lateral epicondylitis, okay? Makes a lot of sense. Hold on a minute. Check this out. It says pain on resisted wrist extension. It says that in the clinical scenario. Is that consistent with tennis elbow? 100 freaking percent. Because I know my wrist extensors, a lot of them originate around that lateral epicondyle area. And so, mm, keeping in mind that information. Cool. And so B looks like a great answer. Now, hold on. Let's take a look at the other two. C says uh, lecronon bursitis. And so I would tend to see if it was an lecronon bursitis, I would see that more in the posterior aspect, not the lateral aspect of the elbow. I also wouldn't see pain with resisted wrist extension with a patient who has a lecronon bursitis. For those of you who are unfamiliar with that, definitely check it out in your McGee or your orthopedic examination textbook. All right. You can check that out also in your anatomy textbook. That bursa that sits around the posterior aspect of the elbow, that's more of what this is referring to is an inflammation of that bursa. That's not what we're dealing with here. I'm going to put an X next to C. D, cubital tunnel syndrome. What is one thing that you would be looking for this clinical scenario to say or tell you that would be consistent with cubital tunnel syndrome? Help me out here. You should be saying, well, I'm looking for nerve-related signs and symptoms. I'm looking for that patient to maybe have numbness and tingling in the median distribution. Maybe they have numbness and tingling in the digits, digits one, which is your thumb, two, three, and half of the fourth, the lateral half of the fourth. So that's what I would really be looking for, but it doesn't say anything like that in the question. And so therefore, I'm going to go ahead and put an X next to D, cubital tunnel syndrome. So guess what? That leaves us with our final answer of B, tennis elbow. Does that make sense? All right. And so in the question, it is giving us guidance to say like, okay, this is definitely a lateral epicondylitis issue. It 
definitely has characteristics of that. Which of the following answer choices is in alignment with that diagnosis? Tennis elbow all day long. Congratulations to those of you who got that one correct. Congratulations if you learn something from that question. That's huge. All right. Let's go ahead and move forward to our next question. You ready for it? All right. Here it is. It says, what is the initial recommended management for this condition? Let me break that down. Hold on a minute. It does say, what is the initial recommended management? Okay. So it doesn't say what's the last Okay, it says initial. So we got to think about that as we look at our answer choices. So let's take a look at what we have. A, it says complete rest and avoidance of all physical activity. B, activity modification and pain management. C, immediate surgical intervention. D, high intensity resisted training. All right, so let's go into this one. Okay. Again, it says, what is the initial recommended management for this condition? What condition are we dealing with? If we go back up to the clinical scenario, don't look at what you said in question one. All right, let's go back to the clinical scenario now and look at what is the condition? What's going on right now? If you start to base anything off of what you had previously put in the question before, you're going to end up getting it wrong. We need to think about what the clinical scenario is saying. So remember, we have somebody who recently started competing. They're coming to you with tenderness, a.k.a. pain over the lateral epicondyle, pain on resisted wrist extension. All right. And then it says pain in the right elbow after increasing the frequency of her tennis games. That's really what we're dealing with. So what is the initial recommended management for this condition? Okay, so A says complete rest and avoidance of all physical activity. I see quite a few of you selected this answer. I definitely get that, you know, resting it, avoidance of physical activity. Notice how it says all physical activity. I hate these definite answers. Y'all, I can train you so well on what to pick up on certain things like this, right? Because there's certain answers that in most cases, I would say 99% of the time, they're going to be incorrect. You know how it says avoidance of all physical activity? Is that what we want to do with our patients? Avoid all physical activity? All right? It's not just talking about tennis. It's talking about everything. And so the answer to that is no. I mean, would you ever immobilize a patient with tennis elbow as far as like don't use your elbow at all? The answer to that is most likely not. Maybe if they had a fracture or something. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and put an X next to A. It just is too intense, too extreme. Even though the question's asking for initial, I still wouldn't do that. You're likely to cause more harm than good by immobilizing the area. All right. Let's go with B. B says activity modification and pain management. Now, this part I like. Still vague because we don't know what activity modification is, but would that be an initial recommendation? just off face value to do activity modification and pain management. Pain management can include making sure that the person is icing or making sure that the person is using the proper modalities in order to reduce pain. You know, this could be in the clinic, outside the clinic. So B, 
Activity modification and pain management, what do you think about that? Do you feel like that is a great initial recommendation? I would say looking at every answer that we had before, which was just complete rest and avoidance of all activity, I would say this is the better answer. All right, I would like this answer first. Okay, let's take a look at C. We're not done yet. It says immediate surgical intervention. Would I do surgical intervention with a patient who has lateral epicondylitis, tenderness over the lateral epicondyle? The answer says no. There's no reason for me to send this person for potential surgical consult or anything along the lines of that. All right. So definitely too aggressive. I would definitely say A and C are options that are just not appropriate. They're a little on the aggressive side. All right. Let's take a look at D. D says high intensity resistance training. Ooh, it's kind of giving me another one that I would say is aggressive, right? So do we want to be aggressive right here with this patient right now? The answer says no. We want to err on the side of what can we do to reduce the patient's pain and reduce the likelihood of flaring it up. The best answer here is B as in boy, activity modification and pain management. Every other answer is a bit on the aggressive side. Now, keep in mind this. Immediate surgical intervention, like I said, not necessary on the aggressive side. High-intensity resistive training, definitely aggressive right now. Not going to help with the primary issue of pain and the flaring up of this condition, right? So C and D are automatically out. Now, I got it down in the comment box. Somebody said, well, how is A aggressive. Well, let's take a look at it. It says complete rest and avoidance of all physical activity, complete rest and avoidance of all activity. It's not aggressive from the standpoint of getting the person to do a lot of things or do something that is high intense, but it's aggressive from the standpoint that you are in a sense, immobilizing the arm, the elbow, and not having the person do anything with it. And that is an aggressive form of treating that because it's like you don't need to go to that level in order to get results here, all right? We can still do passive range of motion, active range of motion, active assistive, get more blood flow through there, start flushing out that inflammation. We can still do those things. So we don't have to immobilize it. So that's what I really mean by immobilizing or aggressively treating it. Okay. And so that is out right there. We're going to get rid of A, leaving us with our final answer of B as in boy, activity modification and pain management. Did you learn something from that? Were you able to review something there? Remember that a lot of this is building up your confidence in yourself, your confidence in your ability to walk through these questions and be like, you know what? No, I do know this information. I can answer this correctly. All right. So even if you're learning something new or just reviewing something that makes you feel more confident and confirms that you know it, that is all valuable stuff. All right. Let's go to our final question here. We're going to wrap up today's episode. It says, which of the following therapeutic modalities might be beneficial in the early stages of the condition? All right. So we have A, continuous ultrasound, B, hot pack, C, cryotherapy, and D is neuromuscular electrical stimulation. All right. Let's think about this one really quick. 
Again, the question says, which of the following therapeutic modalities might be beneficial in the early stages? Did it say in the late stages? No, early stages. And as we look up at the question, what is the patient's problem? They're getting aggravated when they're, you know, going through their tennis games, they're competing and all that. They're get, they're aggravating that lateral elbow. We know that there's pain and tenderness across that lateral epicondyle area. We know there's pain with the resistive wrist extension. So it's like, okay, what can we do in the early stages to get this thing under control? What is going to be the best thing? So go ahead and yell an answer out right now. All right, what do you believe would be best here? And let's break it down. This is how you destroy the MPTE is knowing why you do certain things and why you wouldn't do another. Okay, so let's take a look at the answer choices. A says continuous ultrasound. If you're not that familiar with ultrasound, all right, ultrasound is typically a tool that we can use in the early stages or even later stages of a condition. And we change the parameters to address the specific problem at hand. So let me ask you, what is the problem going on with the patient right now? All right, they're aggravating the elbow through tennis games, but the other major piece is the fact that it's inflamed, it's overused. And so if I use continuous ultrasound, is that going to be the best thing to use in early stages? I would say the answer is no here. Why? Because continuous ultrasound heats up the tissue. And although that can be used for, let's say, a chronic condition, when it's acutely inflamed, this is something that's more in the earlier stages, we likely don't want to use continuous ultrasound here. We would likely want to use more pulsed ultrasound to start flushing out that inflammation. That's it, flushing out the inflammation. So if it said pulsed ultrasound, I'd be like, bingo, that sounds right to me. But the fact that it doesn't say anything in the question about chronic or anything like that, I'm like, ah, continuous ultrasound. I don't know if that would be the best answer here in the early stages, okay? So- I'm not going to select that answer. Let's take a look at some of the other ones. Hot pack. All right. You're in the clinic and you got to be careful about doing this, but you're in the clinic. You have a patient that walks in. Her name's Jessica, 28 years old. She's a tennis player. She's been starting to compete. She now has this inflammation over the lateral epicondyle. All right. Is one of the first things that you do in the early stages of this condition, is it to use a hot pack on it? And I would say, mm, probably not, right? If it's inflamed tissue, especially if it's painful, I'm like, ah, probably not a hot pack over that. That might irritate it even more. And so I would say, ah, that wouldn't be one of the first things I do in the initial stages, okay? Think about even a sprain of an ankle. It's a hot pack, something that you would put on that. You know, when it's irritated, it's like, ah, probably not, right? What would you do? Ah, I see it down in the comment box. Yes, like more of the cryotherapy is likely something that we would do. And so as I look at C, it does say cryotherapy, cold therapy, right? So using maybe a cold pack or some type of cryotherapy here, one that slows down inflammation and swelling, which I do like that. It also assists with pain. So I mean, is it the be-all, end-all? No, but is it something that I would do in the early stages of the condition? Yes, that's all the question's asking you for, okay? All right, 
So I'm going to hold on to this answer. It's the best one I see for now. D says neuromuscular electrical stimulation. Okay. You know, as I'm looking at this one and quite a few people selected this. Neuromuscular electrical stimulation, also known as NMES, is typically used to excite the muscle. You know, sometimes we can use that to build endurance. Sometimes we can use that to get the muscle activating, right, contracting. Sometimes we can use that modality to build strength. But right now, is that the primary thing that we're trying to address with this patient looking at the clinical presentation? Does the patient have a lack of strength or endurance? You might say, well, yeah, they do. But is that the primary impairment? Is that the major issue that we need to address right now is strength? I would say no. What we need to really address is more of like activity modification, calming down the pain, getting the swelling, the inflammation under control. That's what we need to focus on. Neuromuscular electrical stimulation does not do that. Therefore, I'm going to put a big X next to D and be like, uh -uh. no, I really feel like there's a better modality that we can use in those earlier stages. And that's the reason why C, cryotherapy is the best freaking answer here. Again, congratulations to those of you who learned something from this question, got an opportunity to review cryotherapy best answer. You know, as we look through these other answers, again, it really comes down to, hey, what is this modality used for primarily? Our patient, Jessica, right now has a major issue of inflammation and pain. Which one of these answer choices is going to be the one that helps out with that the most, especially in these early stages? All right. Best answer, C, cryotherapy. Congratulations, y'all. All right. So this is an example of, again, a clinical scenario. We took three questions this time. Typically, we do about two, but we did three. So for those of y'all still hanging out, hopefully you were able to get a lot of value from this. What I've done, though, because I know that you're likely in need of more clinical scenario practice, especially when they get up into like the higher difficulty levels, okay? So for those of you who may have raced through this and you're like, boom, 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 I got all of this, right? Now we need to take it up a notch and get a little bit more difficult, okay? So how I want you to do that, why don't you join us over at mptgroup.com? What we're doing is everybody that joins in, we're giving complimentary, absolutely free clinical scenarios for you to get more practice in, all right? So if you want more difficulty, if you want more exposure before you take the 2024 exam, join us right freaking now, www.mptegroup.com. Thank you for rocking with your boy today. For those of you on iTunes, Spotify, Ghana, Overbreak, wherever you're at in podcast land, go into the show notes. I have all of this stuff in there, including these questions. Go into the show notes and then also have the link in there for our Facebook group. So go in there, click the link and you can get it. Hi, this is Kyle, and thanks for downloading the podcast. I always enjoy spending this time with you, and I hope that you leave today feeling motivated and with a better understanding. Make sure to subscribe to get new mock NPTE questions each week. I deeply appreciate your support. It helps keep this mission going. And as I always say, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you next time.